and welcome back to another edition of Leadering Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. Um, I don't know if my audio is going through. Can you guys hear me out there? now? Amilcar, can you hear me now? Alright guys, I apologize. For some reason, he can't hear me. You guys can hear me. I don't know if you guys can hear him. Um, it's never a... It's never a live show if there's not a technical problem. So... I'm going to try to figure this out. And, uh, yeah. So I don't know what's going on there, unfortunately. I don't know what's happening there. I don't know why uh, a milk car can't hear me. Um, you guys can obviously, you can hear me. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously, it's on block talks end. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out here. So I'll let I'll let a mill car to you know I'll let him know right now to call back in and see if we kind of correct it. Um, 
let me let them know that every, you guys can hear me, right? Everybody can hear me on my end. Call back in. I know, dude. Outlaw, we need Kenny back ASAP because uh, this is just like ridiculous. Um, everyone else can hear me. So, anyways, while we're waiting for a milk car, um, let me let me touch on some things here, man. I don't know about you guys. You know, I don't know how many folks out there are just so freaking disappointed with um, the zone. Now, you know, I don't want to be the guy. That, we had a great weekend. We had a lot of good fights. Um, well, we had a fun, a whole filled up Saturday of fights, right? But you know what really kind of got on my nerves is that if you've been listening to the show, I, I've been telling you how I canceled my DAZN subscription because, well, they didn't have anything. They had nothing going on. And I, I really didn't care to like, listen to their podcasts or any of the other content that they were throwing out there that I just thought it was kind of just kind of stupid. Um, just to be blunt about it, I didn't think it was worth paying like 10 bucks or 20 bucks, you know, because I, I was actually uh, uh, like in the very start of the whole subscription thing. I was right there, right? Because I was supportive about it, you know? Um, and so when the whole COVID-19 came around, which is no fault of theirs, I thought, okay, um, you know, that maybe they should, well, not maybe, that they should come up with something to kind of just keep us entertained. Maybe not right away. You know, because like, you know, top rank and, and everybody else didn't right away come up with something, but that they should at least have something there because it's a paid subscription. Now, top rank kind of really just threw ESPN plus, um, which was like five bucks, right? Or six bucks, whatever you're paying. And uh, they, like I talked about last week, it's because the fact of the matter is, is that they know that putting their fights on ESPN it gets in the faces of many more, um, especially against their competitors, right? It's going to get in households far more than any of the competitors that are out there. I, I thought I am. I don't know. I don't know what happened with Block Talk, man. Um, you know, it, it says that I'm live for some reason. It's not going through. Ooh, I think I might know the reason why. Let me, um, I think I might know the reason why. Let me, let me uh, give this a shot here. You know, what's up, G Funky? What's up, Hamid? What's up, everybody? I apologize. Um, this is ridiculous. So I'm going to have, um, let's see if you guys can hear me now. Let me know if you can hear me on Block Talk. Because um, I'm trying to get on there and it's just not, for some reason, it's not coming up, you know. If anyways, so let me get back to what I was saying about DAZN. So, I canceled my subscription in March and I hope that everything was going to, you know, get up and running. And, um, you know, after that, I thought that, you know, maybe Eddie Hearn and DAZN was going to come up with a much better boxing subscription. Um you know, and so 
it did it. So I, when I canceled it, though, they stick, they, they did continue to, you know, charge me for the subscription. And I, I reached out to them. It's fucking hard to get a hold of them to let them know, like, hey, stop this. And then, like, PayPal doesn't really help out, you know. So I finally kind of caved in because I wanted to watch the Taylor and Pursun and, and Povekian and White fight, you know. And I knew that there was just no way, you know. Um, I didn't want to try to catch it on a stream. I just didn't want to deal with any of that other shit. So I decided, hey, I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to pay for it. I paid for it again, which is the $19, 20 bucks a month, right? And guess what? Their stream sucked. So the Taylor Pursun fight, which is a rematch that I wanted to see between these two ladies that in their first fight gave a hell of a war, a hell of a fight. Immediately on the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round, it kept freezing on me. That I, it either was on my phone or it was on the internet uh, on my TVs, right? Which I have Apple and I have Xbox. Well, finally on my Xbox, it finally started working, which was on the sixth round. So I missed the six rounds. So I completely missed everything that was happening uh, play by play. But luckily I have Twitter and a lot of my uh, you know listeners and followers were keeping me updated. And thanks everybody that, that listened to the show that were like sending me links and all that. But I'm like one of those really stubborn sons of bitches, you know, that I'm like, I got to make it work. I just paid for it. So I got to get my dollars out of this. So I got to watch the last four rounds of the of the fight. And I tell you what. The last four rounds of this fight. Um, the last four rounds of this fight definitely gave us what we thought and were anticipating between the both of the ladies. And we're going to open up the phone lines uh, right now, uh, 347-215-7598. Hopefully, you guys can hear me on Blog Talk. Um, I'll, let it, I'll open it up right now like in five minutes, okay, because I want to make sure that folks can hear me. I don't know if it was on um, Emil Carr's end or not. Uh, I don't see that he's called back in. So, um Okay, I think he's calling back in from the cell. Let me find out right here. Amilcar, are you there? Hello? Yes. Who's this? 773. Can't hear me? All right, man. I don't know what's going on with Block Talk. I'm on, but it's saying that I don't know what the fuck. So I'm going to end Block Talk, unfortunately, and I'm just going to go strictly with... Uh, So, fuck Block Talk. Let's just go strictly with YouTube. And I'm just going to have to do shit on my own here, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know, man. Anyway, so, those last four rounds, I got to tell you. I got to applaud these girls. And I know a lot of people shit on women's fights. And they're like, yeah, it sucks. You know what? I don't care for it. But, you know, here, here's the thing. When you see two women, one with skills... The other one that really doesn't have that, but she uses what she has, which we see a lot of fighters do. Like if you're, like for instance, like right now, uh, uh, um, that that caller kid, he doesn't have the greatest skills in the world, but he's entertaining. Pursuit is one of those type of fighters. She's very entertaining. You know, she came out there and she tried to leave it in the ring. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's. 
it's one of those things that you're looking for perfection and everything you're watching uh, in boxing sometimes you're just not going to get that that you kind of have to accept what's in front of you and Katie Taylor is a, is a great fighter. I mean, she's a really good fighter. She's actually one of the most anticipated amateur fighters that came out to turn pro, okay? And to see her get out there and hold her ground, not once, but twice, against a... a what's up, Russ? How you doing, brother? Um, against a, a fighter that just kind of threw out all the science out the door, Right? And said, you know what? I'm going to pressure the better boxer. I'm going to make her fight out of her element. And in the first fight, that was surprising for all of us, right? For Taylor to kind of really fight. Because she's always been kind of dominant, you know? I mean, she was kind of the it factor. And all of a sudden, this Delphine uh, uh, pursuit comes out of nowhere and shakes up everything that this woman's been doing. So the rematch for me was exciting because I wanted to see if she could do it again. Could she close the distance? Could she cut off the ring? Could she force the better boxer, Katie Taylor, to once again be that that fighter? So, uh, so you know, be that fighter that we saw back in 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 the early of this 2020 right you know and i'm sorry because everybody's texting me at once i'm trying to you know unfortunately we just couldn't do the block talk i don't know what happened so i'm gonna do this this uh uh, uh show solo i can't take any calls but i'll definitely um check out your <laughs> dumpster juice stuff by g funky i'll definitely throw up your guys's comments and try to pay attention at the same time you know uh what's up Guerrero? um and and so when this fight Came on, I like I said, I didn't watch the six rounds. Uh, it kept freezing up. The zone, you suck. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, I mean, you guys have a billion dollar budget, and you just can't seem to get something fixed or straightened out, or you don't communicate with your subscribers. Uh, to me, it's poor business. You, you, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm really turned off by the zone. I don't know if you guys get that sense. I don't know. I saw a lot of folks on Twitter that were tweeting how bad it was. They're, they're you know, um, you know, even people in the media and the high end part of the media, you know, guys that, you know, we, we tune in and, and see or get our breaking news from. They were even complaining about the stream of DAZN. So I don't I don't know. what I don't know what's up with that. You know, um, what's up, D style? What's up, John? You know, to me, that was just. I don't know, man. It, to me, it's just like, why pay a hundred bucks? Might as well just go monthly base, you know. And I even kind of regret it paying the twenty bucks that I had to dish out when I'm already paying since fucking March. Go figure about that, right? So they already got money from me since March, you know. But I've always said this: we fight fans, boxing fans, are the most ab- abused fans in any sport. Okay, we really are. We never learn our we never learn our lesson. We just don't. All right. So going back again, and that was my little short rant about the zone. They suck. They are uh, uh, like G Funk says on the um, Hispanic causing uh, panic uh, 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 podcast that's on the rotation. They're dumpster juice. That's pretty much all I could say about them. I'm very disappointed with them because, like I said, I was very high on them. You know, I wanted them to be successful, but it just doesn't seem like they can get their shit together. I mean, come on, look. I mean, look what's going on right now. Canelo is talking about going on PBC because they can't accept the fight that 
that, you know, the W, which you already know, come on, the WBC, there was what, 36 votes, there's 37 votes, 36 votes, you know, and only one person, who I like to know, who's that 137 person that actually stood his ground and, 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 you know, voted against this decision that the WBC is like, oh yeah, you know, about the petitions of, of the vacancy that happened with David Benavides because he lost the title on the scales, right? I like to know who's that one guy out of that 37, you know, people that were on the board that actually rose their hand and said, I don't want to see that fight. It's not a good fight. Because I like to actually give him a high five or shake his hand for actually standing his ground and knowing that boxing fans knew this is a shit fight. It's not a very good fight. Do I blame Canelo? Absolutely not. I don't blame him. You know, I really don't because we've seen everybody that's trying to fight Canelo, but here's the truth. And here is the truth. Gates are open. The money that... that other fighters that are going to be on the blue corner that are demanding a certain amount of money, it's not there. They believe it's there because Eddie Hearn and DAZN, and I've mentioned this before, opened their wallets saying, we got this X amount of money. So do you blame the, the, the fighters that are, that are like looking at the cash cow? The guy that's, you know, the pay-per-view star, the star of boxing right now, the face of boxing, right? I mean, that's what everybody's saying. Canelo Alvarez is the face of boxing. So if you're one of these fighters, do you blame them for saying, hey, I want this X amount of money when over here, frat boy that showed his big old house with this huge, humongous backyard with fireworks spraying all over the goddamn place has said they have the budget to pay me. I don't blame these fighters. Just like Ryan Garcia, remember? I was kind of, I was pissed about the fact that Ryan Garcia, if you're asking for X amount of money for a fighter that we don't want to see you get in the ring with, I was not happy with that. I say pay the kid if he's going to get him with Campbell. Then I, I believe that he deserves what he's asking for because that's a really tough fight. And guess what? Everybody's going to want to see that. Hardcore boxing fans are going to want to see that. We want to see our fighters get challenged. Right? So... The zone, you, you got to start thinking out the box. You got to stop thinking that, you know, waving the flag of dollar bills is just going to be enough to, to get by. It, it, it really isn't. You know, it, it really isn't. It's just not. And especially your stream. God damn, dude, the stream, it was just freaking bad. Bad. All right, let's move away from that, man. Let's talk some boxing here because you didn't tune in to hear my rant and my complaints about zone, which I'm still rooting for you guys. Don't think that I'm not rooting for you, pendejos, but I really am. You know, I'm just disappointed. And I think a lot of fight fans were very disappointed because this is something that is really needed. The OTT is really needed for boxing. We need these things, okay? The more boxing that's put out, the better. We're not going to be able to watch all of it at the same, you know, at the same day, the same time, but it's definitely something that we can go back and check out and watch and enjoy. Okay? But I tell you what, this Saturday was great. And I'm going to tell you what was so great about this Saturday. Fox Sports, ESPN, The Zone, throwing on fights. It felt like a pay-per-view Saturday night. It really did. You had a lot of fights going on, a lot of matches you can kind of choose between what you wanted to see, and you got you got you had a chance to see upcomers. So which was really, really good. 
And I enjoyed that. You know, I don't know how many of you folks did enjoy it. The, the only sucky party, the only sucky part about it, I couldn't go outside and barbecue because of what's going on with the fires here in California. It, it's it, it just the, the the air's not breathable. You know, so that kind of sucked. So, but let's go with this fight. Let's go with a heavyweight fight between Dillian White and and uh, um, Alexander Povetkin. Now, I don't know if I brought this up last week, but I I really honestly thought. It really depends in, in what shape both guys came in. Um, maybe I didn't throw this out there uh, because I know I've told this for a few other folks. It was like who had the better PEDs between the two because there was no testing between the two guys, if I remember correctly. And what I saw, there wasn't any type of uh, testing, no VADA, no nothing like that. Um, so you know that both guys were going to have a chance to do whatever because they've been caught. They're, they're kind of known cheaters, you know what I mean? You can't take that away. Did it, you know, was it a sensational knockout from Pavekian who who got dropped twice? And really, getting dropped twice, I was just like. Um, it, 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 it's going back again. Pavekian gets dropped twice, which I thought, honestly, okay, it's done. It's over, right? And because those were really good shots from. Uh, Dillian White, you know, I thought Dillian White, those 30 pounds that was, was announced that he came in, and to be honest, White looked a lot, lot bigger than Povetkin, you know, so whatever Povetkin was doing, uh, it was almost like a, like a nagging gnat flying around and just kind of touching White, so when finally, when White decided to open up, because I thought he, he lost those like first four, four rounds, five rounds, right? And then when he decided to open up and let his hands go, and he catches Povetkin, I was like, okay. Because even before that, every time White did let his hands go, and he hit Povetkin, he moved him. Like, he definitely moved him. So, I, I, I just thought it was too much for Povetkin. I didn't think he had a chance to, you know, hurt White. I thought the weight was too much, and I thought that he was going to have to move and actually fight more of a perfect fight and more technical fight than White. Then all of a sudden, from Povetkin working the body, he was able to make White feel comfortable. Because let's be honest, when White hurt him twice, didn't hurt him once, hurt him twice, dropped him, and even moved him in between the one and, and, and third round, was able to move him with a punch. I, I think, just like everybody else thought, that White was thinking, okay, I can hurt him and I can move him. And kind of let his guard down. Not like in the sense where he was dropping his hands, he got cocky. But I think that he thought, this guy can't hurt me. And what I got to do is just sit it out, wait for him. He's going to make the mistake again, get too close, and bang. I'm going to drop him and the ref's going to step in. Because the ref was really looking close on the rounds that the round that Pavekin got dropped, right? Nope. Povetkin was smart enough to mix up the uppercut, and bang, there it was. So the answer, or the, the answer to the question is, whose PDs were better? You got to say, Povetkin's PDs were a lot far more better than uh, Dillian White. Now, I'm not taking anything away. It's a joke. If you take offense to it, well, Leave It In Rings, not the show to tune in. But like I said, I don't know anybody that was testing them. I didn't hear about no testing. I saw Vada saying they didn't do any testing, so... Is it wrong for us to raise, to raise a question of whose drugs were better on that night? No, absolutely not. But let me ask you guys this. Dillian White 
was going into this whole thing with the WBC, where the WC was not showing any kind of love. Eddie Hearn was like, hey, let me show you some love. If you win this fight, you're going to get AJ. You know, you're going to get AJ again. You know, which really would make a much more interesting fight because Dillian White kind of came out of his shell. Now that's kind of like out the door. Remember this, guys. Anytime Eddie Hearn starts kind of parading around a fight that's going to happen next, I think you guys should put bet the house on that because it doesn't seem to turn out good for Eddie Hearn. Right? I mean, AJ versus, versus Andy Ruiz. He already was already talking about AJ and Wilder and then Andy Ruiz went in there and he upset the card. Now you got Povetkin upsetting Dillian White to get in with AJ. So, I guess my question is, do you guys want to see Povetkin versus AJ? I actually want to see that fight. I think it's an interesting fight. You know? I know some folks were throwing out, like, you know, uh, uh, Tyson Fury and, 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 and Deontay Wilder. But I was like, now what? I mean, okay. I mean, those are good fights. But I think it makes it, I think it's a far easier fight to be made with AJ if, if Povekian and AJ want to do it. I, I think that fight is more realistic because I think that Eddie Hearn wants to find out where exactly is AJ at in his career. Because his last performance against um, Andy Ruiz, to me, was very sus suspect. You got to agree with that. It was suspect. Did he get the win? He absolutely did. You know? Did he try to look good at getting that win? No. Because the more important thing in a match is getting that win. But at the same time, you're as good as well how you looked in your last performance in boxing. So Povekian getting this KO, and it was a sensational KO. It only kind of leads into something great, right? Or sellable. Not mass. They would want to see something like this. Because Povekian just came off a very dangerous fight. Which he was the underdog. If, if I remember correctly, he was the underdog against Dillian White. I, di I didn't think he was going to pull it off. Especially if there was no testing, I thought for sure Dillian White was going to get the win. And seeing him, like I said, when he touched Povekian, he was able to move him. And then dropping him twice, I was like, okay, no brainer here. And I actually know a lot of guys, uh, fight, fight, you know, uh, 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 fight fans, they actually bet on Dillian White. And they lost a lot of money <laughs> on that fight. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but they did. They lost some money on that fight there. So that wasn't, uh, you know, outlaw. That was an uppercut from hell. It it really was, you know. And it was out of nowhere. It it is KO of the year in my opinion, and also come from behind because he was down twice. He looked out. Uh, he didn't look like he had a prayer, and all of a sudden. The sweet science came through him, which he set the punch up because he was going to the body and he made Dillian White feel like, hey, you got this in the bag. And Dillian White, like I said again, let his guard down, not his hands, but let his guard down feeling like I got this. I don't have to worry about this guy's punch. And guess what? Bang. Boom. He gets dropped. Excuse me. I'm drinking my tea. It's really hot in my office, man. Anyways, um. And if I turn on that AC, all you're going to hear is like freaking wind blowing and stuff. So I got the window open. I got the smoke coming in. It smells like a cigar shop here in my office. But oh well, you know, I'm a trooper. I'm here. I wanted to be here. Make sure that um, we're doing this show. I wanted a mill, a mill car and everybody else, but shit. I, it's just not happening. I don't know what's going on with Blog Talk, you know. Uh, Hamid's like, you know, you got to go to, uh, what was that, Stitcher or something like that. 
Um, I'm gonna have to look into that. It's too many problems, you know. Can never seem to have a really uh, a, a smooth show here on um, on leaving the ring. You know what, Outlaw? I I, I agree with you. that high guard killed his vision. Uh, he never saw it coming, and because of the fact that Povetkin was throwing right over the top, right over the top, and was landing, you know, and um, and those high shots that that Povetkin was throwing, and they were landing. Uh, White was able to see him, you know, and the body shots. I don't know if it was there was an effect, but we have to go back to always reminding ourselves that it is a heavyweight fight. It only takes one punch to change things around, you know. Streamyard, Vato. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. We got to do something here, though. You know, because we do got a lot of folks that go to Block Talk and um, depend on Block Talk. Call in at Block Talk. We've been there for I don't know how many freaking years, but um, I don't know. What can we do about that there? But again, you know, let me know who you guys think. Uh, who would you like to see Povekin go up against? Uh, is it AJ Wilder, uh, Tyson Fury? A lot of folks seem to believe that Tyson Fury won't step in the ring with Povekin, that his style is all wrong uh, for him. I don't know. I think that's very debatable. But we still can't forget that Wilder and Tyson Fury still looking at what is on the agenda of Top Rank and Bob Arum is saying that that fight's going to happen. Things could change though, right? Things should really change pretty quick when money is talking and they want to see their fighters walking. So that's to be seen. But like I said, I think Povekian and AJ is a far more easier fight to happen. And I think on the end of Match Room and uh, Eddie Hearn, you know, and DAZN, uh, it just makes more sense because of what the sensational KO that Povekian got over Dillian White that that would be more sellable for the zone and it would make more folks want to subscribe to see that heavyweight fight subscribe for the fight for the month right um hopefully they get their shit together <laughs> hopefully they get their shit together so that they can get more fights on there we can just see better things right now of the schedule of what i'm seeing from the zone it's not very impressive you know and i know i'm sounding like a hater but all that but like i said I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping they get their shit together it's just uh you know, it, it just uh, it, it just doesn't seem like it, it's coming together for them, unfortunately. Uh, D-Style, ringside reporter using Block Talk with StreamYard works good for them. I'm going to have to give it a shot. Going to have to give it a shot. It had nothing to do with what I'm using right now. It's just that Block Talk wasn't working for some reason. It just didn't work. Um, I, it said I was in, but my mic wasn't working. But you guys can hear me here on YouTube. So, um, hey, man, let's move forward. ESPN, they held the uh, light heavyweight title, I mean light heavyweight fight between Joe Smith and Alvarez. Now, I said this last week, if you guys tuned in last week, I had said last week that Alvarez's style is really basically kind of wait and sit and counter punch. He's not an aggressive guy. He's a big puncher. He's got a beautiful right hand. But if you box him, he has problems. Um... I thought Joe Smith's style, being a pressure guy and a volume puncher, was going to give Alvarez problems because the fact that you're allowing a very hard hitter to kind of chip away the block. And that's not really good. 
I mean, Joe Smith was able to do that with Bernard Hopkins, which Bernard Hopkins' style is kind of similar to Alvarez, which is sit back, allow you to make these mistakes, become comfortable, and then you start pot-shotting. The only thing was Alvarez's pot-shotting were really hard punches, KO punches, where he was able to kind of get himself out of that mess. He like, you know, giving rounds away, and then just setting you up, and then getting the KO. He did what he did it with Kovala. He's done with other guys. Really successful. Kovala came back on a rematch, outboxed him, studied the first tape, understood what Alvarez was all about. Joe Smith and them, I don't know if they watch Alvarez, don't know if they can't study him. Um, as we've heard and I've heard from trainers, a lot of times they do not watch uh, tape on their opponents. Uh, Buddy McGirt, uh, pretty famously saying that. He doesn't watch that. If you've been in this business long enough, you shouldn't be in this business for you got to watch tape. I don't know about that, man. Um, I'll disagree with that, with the Hall of Famer. But Joe Smith and them, style was just perfect for Alvarez, okay? And the reason why it was perfect for Alvarez is because he's a volume, hard-punching guy. He doesn't stop throwing. And he tries to throw everything in the book. In a very technical book, he throws everything from body to headshots, from straight rights to left hooks, uppercuts, Everything you could think of, Joe Smith Jr. will do it if you allow him to do it, okay? What confuses Joe Smith is distance. What confuses Joe Smith is footwork. What confuses Joe Smith is a jab. Alvarez doesn't have a jab. If he uses it, it's once in a while, but he kind of forgets that it's there. He kind of forgets he has a left hand. He thinks about the counterpunch. He thinks about you closing that distance so you're in range for him to throw his right hand where he can clip you and knock you out. The problem is, though, is that Joe Smith, going back again, what I'm saying, he's a volume puncher. He lets, he lets go his hands to a four to six punch combination, which was not good for Alvarez. And guess what? Guess what? He was breaking down Alvarez. You really saw that there was confusion. And you also kind of saw that there was hurt in the eyes of Alvarez. I knew that something was going to happen. I also had said it on Twitter that Alvarez's best rounds are in the mid rounds of the fight because he lets his hands go and he kind of kind of warms up and he starts seeing things a little bit more clear or more or more in his case kind of becomes more brave and wants to clip the guy to get him off of him because he feels like okay I kind of you know pulled you into the deep waters you got to be a little tired from you know from throwing punches and landing on me right that now I can kind of soften you up even more to get the KO with Joe Smith it didn't happen it might have contributed to the fact because he's a blue-collar guy. I don't know. Maybe he's a hard-working guy in the gym. And maybe the fact is that they did watch tape of Alvarez and understood what they had in front of him. They were going to have to outwork him every single round and basically touch his forearms, gloves, body, and head so they could chop him down, which the old-timers used to do against Wood. Right? And that's what we saw with Joe Smith. We saw him just technically break down Alvarez, who's a counterpuncher, who never thought of maybe taking a step back or changing his game plan. Not even his corner. Did anybody listen hear his corner say, hey, we can't do this right now. We got to like, you know, uh, 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 divert from plan A and go to plan B, which is box. You know, you know, use our use our jab, use our combinations, push Joe Smith back, make him a foreigner to what he's doing by pushing him back and against those ropes. Alvarez and his team didn't think about that. Why? Because it's always bailed him out most of the time. Didn't help him out with Kovala, but 
They were thinking, you know what, Joe Smith is not Kovala, and you know that 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 Joe Smith was going to tire out. Hopefully, that's what they were thinking, and it backfired. And guess what happened? Joe Smith knocked out Alvarez. Some guys were telling me on on the uh, leaving the ring Gmail that they thought there was kind of like a you know too soon type of stoppage that they thought maybe that the ref kind of counted him out and could have allowed him. Honestly, I, I was like, no, I was perfectly fine with the stoppage. I don't know about you guys. I thought it was perfectly good with that stoppage because the fact is that I didn't see Alvarez doing doing much. You know, um, I, he got up and he, there was really no dispute from his corner or any of that. Now, where does Joe Smith go from this? I don't know, to tell you the truth. You know, because I've always said this about Joe Smith. He's a boot-collar, fighting Fight, you know, volume guy comes forward, but there's he's he's very kind of very predict, uh, predictable. So what do you got? What do you send him off to next? You know, I don't, I don't, I I think that they have to just go back. Joe the Terminator. There you go, Kevin from Chicago, dude. He was the Terminator. He really is. You know, um, he's got a great chin. You know, and I was kind of surprised with the commentators. They're like, oh, you know, I was like, you know, Alvarez has got to do a little bit more than just one punch to really hurt Joe Smith. I thought that he had to kind of, you know, put his punches together to really hurt Joe Smith. You know, um, one punch at a time from every round that was solid. And he did land a pretty solid round towards the end of him being dropped. Um, which really kind of woke up Joe Smith because he was kind of taking off those rounds, you know, and it could really be the fact that he was kind of conserve his energy. Um, but that big punch, that big right hand from Alvarez kind of woke up Joe Smith where he was like, all right, let me pick it up and stuff, you know. Um, I'm off break, you know, lunch, the lunch horn, you know, uh, beeped and all that. So I got to get back to work, you know. So, and, you know, Alvarez just couldn't, uh, couldn't avoid it, couldn't get away from it. So going back with Joe Smith, where does he go from here? I'm not really quite sure. I'd like to hear your guys' opinions. Uh, Pivolo is one of the guys that are being brought up. A lot of guys are say, you know, saying, let's, happen, let's see that happen. Um, I just think that match is all wrong for him. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure. You know about Joe Smith? Um, Joe Smith is who he is, which is a tr one-trick pony. Uh, I, I think they got to add a little bit more to his arsenal, um, a little bit more to his offense. Got great defense, you know, I'm sorry, uh, to his defense. Got great offense, but he's got to have some defense, man. Got to have some head movement uh, because a boxer's just going to take him apart. Got a lot of heart. Uh, got a great chin. Got a lot of power, but he's got to add to it, you know, because a guy like Alvarez is not going to always be there, which is in line with him. If you watch the fight again, uh, Joe Smith Jr. didn't have to find Alvarez. Alvarez was there, you know. Even being a counterpuncher, he never really took a full two steps back to hit back, you know, to counter him. He just kind of just walked back. He really slow. Maybe time has caught up with him. I'm not quite sure because I've watched him fight before and he always kind of fights the same. So, style-wise, styles always make fights. You've heard of that before. This style was perfect for Joe Smith Jr. to look phenomenal. And I just don't know if it's a mirage. It, it, you know what I mean? I don't know. You know, so that's that. Now, Sean Porter on Fox Sports here. Dude, I mean, come on. Sean, it's Sean Porter. You know, I mean, can we argue about, can you guys argue about the fact that he has by far the best welterweight uh, resume out of everybody? Guy fought everybody. Formella was not going to go out there um, and, 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 I mean, I think some of us were hoping that he was going to 
some 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 kind of a you know um fight and i thought he did i thought formella's chin was really good i thought he was durable i thought that the fact that he was able to take some uh uh take the the aggressiveness that porter possesses you know push him back get him on there and just kind of outwork him every time he got him in the corner or even in the mid rounds but you know formella is just slow i mean he was i mean he's slow you know, I mean, you're able to see every punch that he was throwing and stuff, you know. And the other thing about Formella was he was landing good shots on Porter because Porter kind of gives you those opportunities because he's like so wild. He gets right in there and his aggressive style and he's right in your chest that when he, you know, kind of pulls back, he pulls back from throwing punches. His head's kind of down and he pulls back that Formella was able to throw a right hand and kind of catch him. You know, he was, you know, Kevin, he was, he was, uh, Formella was a step below Porter and you kind of saw that but going back again if Romella had power it could have been a different fight it could have uh, uh, made Porter kind of like rethink about just darting in and you know uh being a linebacker tackling Formella but Formella wasn't you know the only thing that he did show in that fight is that he was durable okay and he wasn't getting he wasn't going to get knocked out by Porter because we know Porter Porter is an aggressive that's his power. His power is his aggression. Other than that, you know, it doesn't have a big KO uh, ratio under his, on his resume or anything like that. He's a workhorse. He outworks his guys. And he's, wor- he's outworked some of the big, uh, the more elite guys in division where it's arguably, you could say he's won some of these fights. You know, we could sit there and argue about who he's, you know, some people believe that Errol Spence lost against Porter. Now, where does he go from here? You know, uh, we'll go back to what we were talking about last week. Where does he go from Formella or why did he take Formella? Well, everybody else is kind of occupied. Everybody's got a scheduled fight, okay? Do we really believe that Keith Thurman wants to fight Porter? Well, there was no offer to Porter. It's a more easier fight to make as a rematch, but there's nothing there. None of these guys have anything that either one of them really wants, except for Porter. I think Porter would take it because of, you know, he's a warrior, and he wants to be known in history as the best welterweight, you know, of his time, right? But we were hearing last week that Keith Thurman was asking for uh, Terrence Crawford, which hearing back from, you know, Terrence Crawford's promoter, Bob Aaron, was saying, like, this is ridiculous. He was asking for a carry's crazy amount, which was what? Reported to be like $10 million? $10 million right now? Where are you going to get that? You know? Canelo's opponents are far more, you know, uh, uh, you know, they can't even get, you know, five million right now. So where are you going to get ten million, Keith Thurman? And how are you going to get to uh, uh, ten million when you're not even a very recognizable name? If anything, hardcore fans remember you as, you know, one time you were a fighter. You fought maybe once out of the out of the year. You always had these injuries, etc., etc., etc. He's always been his worst PR, hasn't he? He's always been his worst PR. So for him to ask for this, you know, crazy amount to fight Terrence Crawford, it only told me, like it told the rest of the world, he really didn't want that fight. He just wants to attach his name to Crawford to remind boxing fans is, hey, I'm still here. Now, Porter is not going to get Errol Spence uh, and, and Danny Garcia right away. I think that he's in line for the rematch of the winner or match to the winner, right? But... Again, it's not guaranteed. So, who would I want to see Porter fight next? Ooh, Outlaw says Virgil Ortiz. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Because, like I said, there's got to be something on the line for Porter. And for me, 
for me, which I don't know if it's really sellable, but it just makes more sense for Porter's end is you do have two losses on your record. One is from, well, no, you don't. I mean, one of them is an actual loss. The other one is a very questionable win. But the first one would be against Cal Brook. That makes a lot of sense to get a rematch with Cal Brook, redeem that rematch. Why? Because Cal Brook is the shell of himself and you could possibly even stop or just give it a, a kind of a formella performance against Cal Brook. That's the first one. Second one is uh, uh, Ugas, which I don't think he's going to want. Why? Because there's nothing there. Like I mentioned last week, there's no reward for fighting Ugas. Ugas doesn't bring anything to the table. Um, even though Formella was just a guy, you know, he headlined, but he knew, I think everybody, as everybody knew that he was going to be Formella. Ugas is just a different beast, a different story, okay? Ugas needs to do what Porter was doing. Ugas needs to, uh, you know what he needs to do? He needs to hire uh, uh, Porter's dad, you know, or or like uh, 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 Teofimo Lopez's dad, you know, or or uh, Angel Garcia, maybe one of those guys to be mouthpieces so that they can get underneath the skins of these other fighters that can give Ugas the opportunity. But right now, Ugas is kind of just in the in the the shadows of the rest of the welterweights because he doesn't have that mouthpiece and he doesn't have the attraction or the fans behind him, except for real hardcore fans that want to see Ugas fight the best welterweights out there. I love to see a rematch with Porter, but I just don't see that happening at all. I don't see it happening. You know, going back with the winner of Spence and Garcia, if it's a very tough fight, a very physical fight, which mm, may not happen because Danny's not that physical. He's not a porter. He's not going to go out there and try to outmuscle you. He's going to go out there and try to knock you out. Um, I just still see that happening soon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Errol Spence wants to visit Porter. But then again, we could be wrong. It is the PBC world. And if we've known and seen with the PBC world, they do tend to make things work among their own camp, among their own banner, other, they tend to make things happen and stuff, you know. So that's that's that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watched the Sergio Martinez fight that happened on uh, Friday. It was on Fight TV. Now I didn't pay for that. I'll tell you that, but I did catch it on YouTube. And um, dude, there's outlaw. There's just too much politics, you know. If 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 you're right now involved or looking at what's going on with the world i mean in our country right now united states about the politics and you're fed up with it you just imagine being a boxing fan in boxing and how much politics that are involved in this sport it's freaking ridiculous right you know so it always seems to get in the way it's either one promoter doesn't want to play with this guy or this this fighter doesn't want this fight because they want this x amount of money blah blah blah, blah. But you know the, the truth the reality is is that there's there's got to be enough of the pie for everybody and there's got to be something there that's intriguing for everybody you know so fight fans if you want to see better fights then what you have to start doing is and i hate like boycotting and shit like that but unfortunately that's where we're at sometimes you know that's where we have to be sometimes it's just not tuning the fights even though we've asked for more fights throughout the years. Remember back in 2008, 2009, we didn't have that many. It was only three channels and ESPN was really just for prospects and, you know, uh, guys that would graduate to HBO and Showtime and you got maybe three, four fights out of the month where now we're just getting a shitload of fights that we're not even really able to catch up with everything that's happening or watch or talk about it on a podcast and stuff. But when you're getting stuff that you know 
that is like an easy bet or something that you're just like kind of I'm going to tune in but you already know the outcome so your attention span is very limited you're going to be on your phone you're going to tweet you're going to you know uh, uh, jump on leave a ring and hear what I got to say or Hispanics causing panics or aficionados or Boskin Esquire or Joe Habib or whatever that tells you everything you got to know about that match you're not that interested but you are a devoted boxing fan so you tune in not watching it, you're listening to it, but you're listening to everything else, and you're paying attention to all these other things. You're multitask. You're like a housewife. There's nothing wrong with that. So don't come at me about that and stuff like that. But going back with Sergio Martinez, hey, great performance. Seventh round uh, stoppage, but really it was like Porter with powder. I mean, with power, power, what powder with power against Formella. Why? Because you know uh, Sergio Martinez really had a one-sided fight. It was like a high-profile. Uh, um, exhibition or sparring match, which rightfully so, it's his debut back as a middleweight, comes back, he looked good, look in shape, uh, reflexes were there, but it was really up against a guy that we kind of knew this should be the mark of whether or not he could move forward with his career. Great stoppage, saw a lot of the old Sergio Martinez, but not the enough to kind of say he's totally back because the fact is, is that his bum knee has always been an issue. His whole body has always been an issue. So we don't know how 100% healthy he really is because he wasn't really tested, right? He needs to be pushed back. We need to see him get, like, get roughed up. See if his legs hold up underneath him and that, that he's completely healthy. So we don't know any of that. But I guess what? Oscar De La Hoya announced that he's going to make a comeback. Now, everybody's asking about Oscar De La Hoya. Hey, who should make a comeback with? Why not Sergio Martinez if it's going to be in the middleweight? If not, how about uh, Sergio Martinez call out Miguel Cotto? Miguel Cotto's been in retirement. That seems to be fair. But other than that, seeing Martinez trying to get in with, a, with anybody else in the middleweight division, don't want to see it happen. I really don't. You know, because like I said, I don't know if he's 100%. And I'm a huge Sergio Martinez fan. Big fan of him. Um, you know, uh, been following him for a very long time. I've had him on the show numerous times, have advocated for the guy. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, don't want to see him step up and get in there with the elite. I saw Lou DeBella make a tweet. I don't know if you guys saw that on his, uh, uh, uh on his account is, um, <laughs> he did, he did, he did these style. Um, is Povetkin a future Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't, I don't honestly don't like to say. Um, and just really quick, I'm going off top, topic just to answer Kevin here from Chicago. Um, I got to wait till his career is over. We got to see the rest of the guys that he's going to fight. It's right now, at the moment, he's still active in his career. It's, to me, I just don't like judging guys. I got to wait till they're done and out. And then they're two years or three years out of the, the, the boxing scene, um, you know, to really kind of register where they're at and if you can call them a hall of famer but then again shit i mean you could fight two years in in in, in pros and you could be a candidate for a hall of fame as long as you know somebody in the politics of boxing when it comes to a hall of fame right who knows and stuff like that going back with sergio martinez again i just don't see him um yo know, yeah going back with lou debella thanks for reminding me there uh biggie um lou debella said stay retired 
to Sergio Martinez. But I just found it kind of funny because I was like, would Lou DiBella say this if he had money or any backings with Sergio Martinez? Because this was on a Sergio Martinez card promoted by Sergio Martinez. Let's not forget, Lou, you were okay with the fact that Jermaine Taylor made a comeback when you knew that Joe Jermaine Taylor should have stayed away from the ring. And where's he at now? I like Lou. Don't get me wrong. Had Lou on plenty of times. But let's not be a hypocrite about it there, brother. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you had some money and you had some, you know, game in the race, I think the tweet would have been completely different. What do you guys think? Oh, man, I made this tea. And uh, I'm loving it. Iced tea and stuff like that. It's taking me back from when I was a little kid because when I was a kid, that's all my grandmother would make. We couldn't have soda. You couldn't have like, you know, Kool-Aid or anything like that. You could have Kool-Aid, but it had to be like on a Saturday or a Sunday. But during dinner time, my grandma make uh, uh, tea and that's all you could drink during dinner time. And she would, you know, and serve it in those little mole, mole glasses. If you're Latino, you know what I'm talking about. But there's like these, like if, you know, if you're not Mexicano, you won't know, but there's like these little tiny little glasses where it comes with a chocolate and then you put that all over your chicken. Well, after my grandmother would use that because there were so many, many freaking kids in the house, she would wash it out, clean it really good. And that was your glass. And that's the only glass you would get of tea throughout your whole dinner. And, 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 and in a Mexican household, bro, they fucking fed you, you know. And here I was, this little five-year-old little kid weighing no more than, I don't know, goddamn 20, 20 pounds or whatever. And my grandma would serve like this big ass fish bowl full of soup and you had to eat all that and then she would give you this big old plate and you know freaking rice and beans and and you know whatever you had chicken or steak all piled up and you had to eat it you couldn't leave the table it's not like parents now where they would threaten you you're not going to leave the table till it's done or whatever right no you couldn't leave the table my grandmother was like one my grandmother was like a fucking sergeant in our home and stuff so i went and bought some tea and uh, made it here, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It's giving me flashbacks of the abuse that I got from my grandmother, who's still alive. Love you, Grandma. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Forced to drink milk at dinner. Oh, God. So you got it worse than me in my household here, brother. You know? Um, hey, so what fights are happening this Wednesday? You got Tim Tazu versus uh, 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 Jeff Horn. Last week, we talked about it. We really got in depth about it. Um, you know, a lot of folks after hearing the show emailed the Leaving the Ring account saying, hey, they really believe that that Tim Zoo is going to um, he's going to win this fight. You know that he's the better guy. He's a he's a better fighter, uh, bigger puncher. Um and it's they're not going off of the fact that it's Costa Zoo's son. They just think that he has a far bigger, bigger, uh, um, you know, uh, bigger chance. Uh, Biggie, yeah, I think Alou actually cares about Sergio and probably wouldn't promote a Sergio Martinez fight. At least it sounded that way. It does. I mean, but remember this. When... When Jermaine Taylor had made his announcement that he was coming back and Lou was not involved in it, he was tweeting, Taylor, stay retired. But then when he got involved in it, his tone quickly changed, which was, hey, I can't stop another man from making his money. You know, he's got to make a living, you know, and I sometimes think that some promoters can should stay out of that. You know, they just need to stay out of the whole, like, they, that, you know, because they feel, well, I was involved in this guy's career. I have the right to say something. This day and age, especially in the internet, you, sometimes your tweets don't age very well. 
And I'm pretty sure one of you guys were pretty suave with the internet. You could find those tweets that I'm telling you about when it comes down to do Jermaine Taylor, you know? So that's it. Like I said, I don't have nothing against Lou. Lou is, I've been friends with Lou. I've had Lou plenty of times on the show, but I, you got to call out what you see. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of what I, what I've noticed is a lot of folks that want to get involved and be in media or do podcasting. They want to be everybody's friend. You know, you see them out and like, oh, my very good friend or this and that. The truth of the matter is, is that you guys don't tune in to hear me have a great relationship with a guy. What you guys tune in to hear is me giving you a very unbiased take of what I saw and what I think happened or should happen next. Right now, going back with Tim to I got to go back again. I just don't see it. You know, I know a lot of folks don't think much about Jeff Horn. It's at 154. It's in Australia. It's a civil war in Australia on Wednesday. It's going to appear on ESPN. I could be completely wrong. I'm not sure about this, uh, but I guess I just haven't seen enough from what I've seen from Tim to do. I just not impressed, you know. Uh, and, and, and Jeff Horn is just a, he's a mauler, guys. Like he really is. So it's really hard to say. It's really, really difficult to say uh, if Tim, at this stage right now, so early in his career, does he have the reflex, the muscles, and the boxing ability to keep Jeff Horn off of him? Or did Jeff Horn just get old? Or is he going to go out there with a different style, be a different fighter than what we've seen from the past from Jeff Horn? I don't know. And I just don't believe that he would. It's worked for him. You know, and it'd be smart on his end and in his camp to go after Tim Dezu because the fact is that he's not tested yet. Got to test his stamina. Got to test his legs. Can he test his boxing ability? Can he think on the go? That's the thing. That's why guys like Porter really kind of disrupt a boxer's rhythm is because it makes them think on the go. You know, they got to think, 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 move, 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 and got to counter, or they got to jab, or they got to be strong enough to keep the other guy off with combinations. And then at the same time, you know, get out of the way. Very difficult. This is a bull. Jeff Horn is a bull. But then again, like I said, you know, um, Jeff Horn, yeah, they do. Um, you know, then again, like Tim Zhu, I, 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 I might be just kind of like overlooking what he has. I don't know. You know, um, I'll be very surprised. I'll eat, definitely eat crow if he wins, if he wins by KO. And I said this last week. If Tim Zhu knocks out Jeff Horn early or mid-rounds, what does that say about Terrence Crawford's win over Jeff Horn? Because here's a guy that's not tested. I mean, yeah, you could say it's 154. Yeah, you could say it's a couple years now in the career of Jeff Horn. He's a bit older. But at the same time, Tim Tzu, really? Nobody really knows a lot about him. Nobody's up on him saying that he's pound for pound or et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, man. That to me is a very, very... Um, Roundtable talk, to tell you the truth. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I'm definitely interested in seeing that fight on Wednesday. Then on Saturday, you're going to have from the PBC World, uh, Erzlandi Laura returns. And he's kind of getting also kind of what, you know, Porter got, which is a stay busy uh, fight. Now, Laura's different. His legs, last time we've seen him, uh, really kind of gotten old. Uh, things have kind of caught, caught up. Rigandale, remember this. Rigandale style has always been noted as boring to a lot of fans. I never found him boring because he always kind of knocked everybody out. You know, now is he a slow sniper? Absolutely, but he's a sniper. And that's what snipers do. 
They take their time. They look for the opportunity and the shot, the kill shot. That's Rigondeaux. Now, Erislandi Laura was a little bit different. Wasn't really that kind of guy. He liked to did. He did move a lot. He did counter, but he did mix it up. You know, the thing is, though, is that we've kind of seen him get a bit old, uh, get a bit slower. And Hurd did take a lot out of him. He's not really the same guy. So they do have to kind of keep him busy at 154, which I'm very surprised. I don't know how much of you guys are very surprised that he's staying at 154. He hasn't outgrown that division. Kudos to him. But this is a guy that doesn't really kind of live that, you know, out of the life of a boxer. Kind of stays in that circle of being a boxer. So that doesn't surprise me much and stuff, you know. But with the with this fight coming up, I don't see a whole lot that we're going to be able to read. And the reason is, is because it's the stay busy type of fight. But with the guys that are lingering at 154, you know, the Charlos, the Rosario, uh, even Fundora, who fought on the uh, um, undercard of... Uh, of Porter and all that, uh, these guys are dangerous. So I'm not quite sure what uh, Laura, what kind of a statement he needs to make because whatever statement that he makes, it's still going to be very questionable to a lot of us in the boxing world. You know, maybe because Hurd hasn't came back, we haven't seen anything. Last time we saw Hurd, he had this style that kind of all threw us off like a, holy shit, what the fuck are you doing now, buddy? You know, why did you decide to change your stripes type of deal, type of style, right? Maybe that's a good fight. Maybe that would be a good rematch because both of them got a big old Riddler question mark above their heads. So I'd like to see what, with, uh, you know, uh, Arizona, uh, uh, Laura is at. Um, like I said, I'd like to see the performance. Does he go out there and have a, you know, Sean Porter performance, which is just very one-sided uh, performance? Or does he struggle against a very unknown name? I don't know, right? Now, also on ESPN, you're going to have Jose Ramirez against Victor Postal. On ESPN, which has been postponed, what, not once, but twice. Um, I remember getting this announcement, and I remember a lot of folks talking about this fight here. Um you know, you're right, uh, D-Style, not a lot of sons get credit. And it would be a big credit for uh, Tim Tazu if he gets a big win over Jeff Horn. I think that's a big credit. It's still a very questionable credit, but we'll definitely, definitely see about that, okay? Now, uh, going back with Victor Postal and Jose Ramirez, here's the thing. Um, I know when it got announced, Victor Postal really... Um, the big talks with him was really when he got in with Terrence Crawford, and that was a shutout. You know, uh, Crawford really made him not even belong in there. You know, where Victor Postal's biggest weapon was his jab, and I thought that jab was going to give Crawford a lot of problems. But for some reason, uh, Postal showed up, but the jab didn't. And then right after that, we just didn't see a very good Victor Postal. So what we've been seeing with Jose Ramirez off of his performance from Hooker and everybody else is a very aggressive, uh, sits down more on his punches. Since being with uh, uh, um, Robert Garcia, um, we saw that that two have meshed very well with each other. So what I'm expecting is just an overwhelming Jose Ramirez from Fresno, California to come out and just make a I mean, it, can you call it a statement or just call it what it is, uh, which is pretty much a victory 
in the making for Jose Ramirez at this moment. Does Victor Postal all of a sudden rejuvenate and bring something that he hasn't we haven't seen in a while, which is the jab? He doesn't have power. I don't know how he's gonna keep off a you know windmill Jose Ramirez, which we see he's resentless in there, comes forward, throws a lot of punches. Um, he's nonstop, he's got a good chin. I just don't see Victor Postal able to keep him off of him. You know, um, you know, Jose's gonna be on him like flies like shit, you know, on shit. So I, 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 it's a, it's a good stay busy fight. So this weekend, I think that's pretty much all we're going to see is on the weekend is a stay busy fight. The only one that's really going to be competitive is the Tim Tazu and, uh, uh, Jeff Horn fight. Other than that, I don't, I don't see that happening at all. I, I mean, I don't see the other ones being very competitive just to see that these fights are back on, which is great. Right. Um, I saw on Twitter the Ryan Garcia and, and Campbell fight being announced, but it hasn't really been announced officially. So I don't know what's really going on there. Folks have been asking me about what I think about that. I think a lot about it, but I don't want to talk about it until it's official. You know what I mean? Timmy Doo-Doo Head. <laughs> you know what? I don't know, Big E, if Robert Garcia, I know that they he tested uh, COVID, he tested positive COVID, and then he tested negative. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, if you know, obviously they're going to have to test him again, and hopefully he's clean and he's cleared. Uh, but um, you know, the kid that he had, the prospect that I'm really kind of excited about was the uh, uh, the Biggie Rodriguez, who had a great win. Uh, against another uh, undefeated fighter um, and had a first-round stoppage. Um, you know, <clears throat> ESPN, like I said before, they're just going to put a lot of performances out there. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, names that we haven't seen and hopefully something sticks where we get excited about. And I think that Biggie is one of them. Um, Collard is another guy that's a guy that kind of, you know, fluctuates from... 100 and 160 to 168 um, and he's really caught our imagination he was on leaving ring we had a chance to interview him he made the transition to mma to us but he also has a deal with the uh what is it, the bare knuckle um not the one that you're thinking of i think it's another one i can't remember off the top of my head what it was <clears throat> a lot of guys are asking to see him step it up and fight kind of an elite guy and i don't think we're gonna see that and i don't think we should at the moment you know collard is who he is um some people are saying, no, let's let him keep going for his craft to get better. I don't think his craft is going to get better either, guys. You know, <clears throat> So I don't think we're going to see him step up and fight anybody else of note at the moment. I think he'll probably fight uh, maybe once or twice more times in the year. Timothy Bradley was saying we got to see him step up in competition. Why? Um, I think what Top Rank is doing is trying to build a name for this guy so that it's lucrative. So then when Clay Collar does step in with somebody, um, it's going to sell and it's going to make it big and it's going to be a headliner. Top Rank is really good at doing that. They're really good at getting a guy and, you know, building that name up and making it something of worth. Clay Collard knows that, you know, even though that guy Clay, he's like he's like the Rocky Balboa. Of, of 2020 right now it just came out of nowhere he's a club fighter but he made a, he generated a lot of noise by de, be, uh, beating pro, a hot prospect and an undefeated fighter you know <clears throat> but to say that 
you know, where I saw, like I said, some fans were saying on the Leaving Ring Gmail, um, give him more time so he can learn his craft. Not going to happen. Even give him another year. I mean, are you forgetting how difficult it is to learn how to use your feet or to just do certain things? To have that IQ, you don't learn it in a year or two. It's something that's embedded in you that you have to have been doing for a very quite, you know, a very long time. Okay. So <clears throat> not saying that Clay's not a smart kid. He is because he knows who he is. And I appreciate that. I even said, don't change your stripes. Be Clay. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to, you know, you know, fuck with your feet and do all this stuff because it's just not going to happen. It's going to fuck up your game. You know, he needs to be who he is, which is go out there and look for the KO and be all over you. You know, just be the 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 168 Mayorga type of guy okay but without the trash talking he obviously doesn't have his stuff really humble kid and stuff um so again don't see him fighting the other elites guys I think we're not going to see that happen until his name is marked a little bit more and people in the ESPN households recognize him where they're going to generate like some of the UFC fans they're going to you know like oh wow this guy uh UFC used to fight an MMA oh I told you didn't I tell you that the UFC guys, they're no, you know, they know shit. They can beat these boxers. It's a great way. It's a great story to get other people to get involved with the sport. And it makes it a much bigger fight for Clay. And definitely a much bigger amount to go into his bank account. You know? So that there, um, don't see, like I said, don't see Clay uh, stepping up or um, being drawn out too long for him to learn his craft just don't see that happening and stuff he is who he is and i honestly got to tell you like a lot of you folks i enjoy who he is at this moment anyways folks uh that's it here for leaving the ring man i hope everybody appreciated sorry we couldn't do the blog talk sorry i couldn't bring anybody on um to talk on here i don't know what the deal is we gotta get kenny back here on the show um, it's been taking some time for him. I know some people are restless because they want Kenny back on. Now we couldn't even have a milk car back on here. Uh, I'll check out uh, the other platforms here that other that a lot of you guys are suggesting um, to do here. But I apologize. But I hope you guys did enjoy the one-man show that I was able to produce here on Leave Ring on YouTube. Until next week, Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific Time or an 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. I'll chop it up with you guys on Leave Ring Gmail or on social media, Twitter. Uh, don't forget to follow me don't forget to hit the subscribe button hit that like button and hit that little bell so you know when we go on live okay and don't forget every uh thursday it is rebroadcast the hispanic causing panic every other week you get aficionados and i don't know can't tell you when uh, a boxing at esquire gets dropped because it gets dropped when he has time to do an interview but then but again guys have a great weekend don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer